0: Welcome to the Catholic Connect Podcast. I'm your host, David Scubin. This is a podcast for all Catholics and people of goodwill who strive to live in the world, but not be of the world. First and foremost, we need to be disciples of Jesus ourselves, and then we go forth and make disciples of all nations, just as our Lord commanded. Through a series of timely topics and great guests, we will take that long and narrow journey to heaven together, encouraging each other in faith and virtue along the way. So let's get started. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Uh, So very excited to have the following guest join us. After playing college football at Utah State, he embarked on a standout 12-year career of professional football, including stops in the NFL with the Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars. But of course, up here in Canada, we're most familiar with him. This gentleman wreaking havoc on quarterbacks all over the Canadian Football League. He was the CFL's most outstanding defensive player in 2009. A three-time All-Star and won two Grey Cups with Canada's team, the Saskatchewan Roughriders, and even spent time with our local team here in Edmonton, the Eskimos, and I would call them probably the CFL's former flagship franchise. But most importantly, he's a family man, husband to one, father to nine, and he's going to have the HOF as in the Hall of Famer beside his name very soon in Canada. But most important of all, he is aspiring to have ST, as in being a saint, in front of his name. And that's why we love this guy. Welcome to our brother in Christ, John Check. Thanks for joining us, John.
1: Yeah, man. Excited to be here and uh, hear everything you got going on. And uh, yeah, when you mention it, especially uh, the ministry you're involved with, all for it, man. Uh, our, our times are, uh, there's a lot of chaos and confusion. And the only thing that makes sense is Jesus Christ, so.
0: Amen to that. That's awesome, John. Well, you've been away from Canada for a couple of years now. It's uh, you retired, uh, I guess, to be three seasons now that you haven't been up in Canada. So what are you up to nowadays? Uh, Where did your family settle? Probably somewhere a lot warmer than Canada, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah. uh, You know, I had a little stint with the Jacksonville Jaguars. When we got here, we had uh, four kids. We gave birth to twins shortly after and uh, and, you know a lot of those kids were school age so we um, we always picked our home based on where we could find a a church good school and we just fell in love with that community and so as unstable of the profession as that could be uh, we needed a base and that kind of became base and even though we were here two years we went back and forth for the next Six years, uh, five years uh, in the Canadian League, and uh, this was base. And so at the time of retirement, you know, the, the number one goal and number reason for, for retirement was stability for the family. You know, we had uh, a number of years in, and we got as far as we could. But that, uh, that oldest of mine, uh, the youngest they don't know any difference. They can go all day, but uh, as they start getting more connected to their peers and, uh, programs and all those kind of things, we just thought it was very important to, to stay stable and to not break the family anymore. And so we, uh, we stayed put here, that has been a blessing. I regularly get the itch. I have never stayed this in one place this long, um, shoot since college even. So, uh, I constantly get the itch. I, uh, I, you know, keep hoping my wife gets the call in with me and say, Hey, let's, let's just sell everything, go to Peru or something like that. Uh, hasn't happened yet, but, uh, you know, I, I mentioned,
0: <laughs> well, Hey man, just, just so you know, John, I mean, the, the Canadian dollar is still quite favorable compared to the U S dollar. Yes, so if good. you ever want to come up to Alberta, man, we'd love to have you up here and, uh, and doing your thing, we'd uh, you're, you're definitely invited, man. So uh, consider that. I don't know if you can sell your wife on the winters or not, but uh, <laughs> I thought it was worth asking anyways. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, John, you know, it's. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned, too, I was um, with your retirement. I remember you mentioning specifically in your retirement announcement that you had another vocation. It was a vocation that was you know taking you away from football, not that you didn't love football or that you didn't have the desire to keep playing football because you were still at the top of your game. But um, how important is family to you, John? It was for you then; it is now. And um, how yep. important is it to to share, to be present to your kids, and also to pass along the the faith to them, the legacy of faith to them? Yeah,
1: uh, it's it's everything, man. It's it's awesome. Uh, you know, you know. I think as a dad, uh, at least for me, and I would imagine it's natural for most, uh, especially in the faith. I don't know that you ever feel like you're fulfilling your your call, your duty, uh, but you work it out with fear and trembling. And, and uh, I, I do enjoy it with, uh, you know, just trying to, to lead. I, I know that my number one job is not to be their friend, is not that they're the best at X, Y, and Z sport. Uh, it's to get them to heaven. And uh, that doesn't always make me the most popular man in the house, but uh, I always want my kids to know that I love them and want the best for them, uh, not to just be their best friend. And, uh, and so there's always that constant fine line because you still want to be the friend. You know, you, 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 can, you can have both. But, um, you know, I am hard on the discipline, not uh, overbearing, or at least I like to think not. But, um, you know, we, we get to have the conversations regularly is, hey, you were created from God to return to God. You were created in the image and likeness of greatness to be great, to be set apart. We are not like you said we're not of this world we're not to fit in and i don't care if it's football i don't care if you're a a missionary but you're gonna you're gonna find something and you're gonna choose to be great at it and that's uh you know when as they were getting older and it still felt like it was about dad's career um that was just getting harder and harder to eat because it wasn't giving them the opportunities to though, honestly, that all that moving around was the best formation a kid could have because they had to rely on each other. They had to rely on God. And so that part of it was awesome. But as they were trying to now maybe more specialize and set themselves apart uh, it became harder, and so it was very important to to get that stability for them. Uh, so they also saw that it's not about dad or any one thing. It's a it's about what uh, how we sacrifice together to to do that to to be set apart.
0: That's outstanding. It's such a good example there, too, John, that you're giving to your your family right now. And maybe I want to talk a little bit about that too, John. Um, the seeds of faith of your Catholic faith, they must have been implanted in you very at a young age. So, maybe tell us when that metanoia moment was for you, where you're like, I'm making the Catholic faith my own. And maybe if you had some, uh, I don't know if it was your family or some friends, or, uh, you know, what was the influence, I guess, in your youth to to make you sold out for Jesus Christ?
1: Too too spoiled in my bringing Christ. My dad was a youth minister. Uh, so, I was the young kid, gotten to go on all these uh, uh, older kid, high school age retreats and things like that. I had very many experiences of the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I'm from Wyoming. So they would do retreats all over the state. And I just remember go, going on these things. And my dad just had this his place in the ministry that people looked up to him. He, he took all these, uh, not only other youth ministers under his wing. It was like I had Uh, uncle in every town in in Wyoming so there was that kind of bond uh, or brother right and all the the kids were my brothers and and they always looked after um, I remember sports again whether my family could make it or not I always had someone from the church showing up to to root for John Chick's son you know just because because of who he was Um, that's what I knew of Christ and had just very many Holy spirit experiences as a young kid Uh, that didn't mean I still didn't have my walk in sin. And uh, you know, I was in a secular school, you know, I I guess that love oftentimes covered up some of that until I learned that uh, through many different experiences. um, You know, when I got to school at Utah state university, it is very, very high LDS and most of these guys that I'm going to school with or a large percent of them are just fresh off of missions you are approached daily about your faith. And I was a Catholic who, if I had questions, I could ask my dad um, and I could get an answer, but it wasn't at the tip of my tongue. Uh, I wasn't, you know, ingrained in scripture and all that. And, but I knew my faith. I knew that I had such conviction for it that I would dig to find the answer. And, and that's really where it began for me, that metanoia, was um, I had the experience of the Holy Spirit younger, but uh, it wasn't until that I was on my own that it had to become my own, and I started, you know, uh, the, the parish there was only the Newman Center. They didn't have a Catholic church there. They do now, but it was, the Catholic church was the Newman Center, and it could hold, you know, probably 100 max. Uh, people in in a very large community. So that was interesting. You got to know everybody there. And I was digging in my faith at that point. Bible studies, catechism, met my wife who was born and raised Mormon, um, who, you know, was out of love uh, with her church, had a deeper love even than I, if that's possible. Uh, She does for God, and we fell in love with the church together, doing studies, going through RCAA with her, uh, dated four years there, and yeah, we we just fell in love with the faith together and and watched her become a Catholic, and you know, I'm sure you can attest for your own wife is, we can speak it and look the part here on on, on film, but she always uh, lived it out much much more fruitfully than than this guy but uh, uh learned so much over the years and marriage and children have taught me more about god than than that you can you ever read about or, or study about um how my wife is my helper she is the one who will get me to heaven and oh my gosh is that awesome um saying you know uh, all the pain and suffering uh, not that you ever think about the pain and suffering uh, whether it's you know uh, diabetes is a 14 year old uh, getting cut injuries all those kind of things Is at the time it's pain uh, but as he he talks about it in the scripture is it's it's those uh, um, labor pains and on the other side is you know, is, oh, that's what you had planned, God, you know, and, and that's what it's been, so it's it's constant metanoia, uh, I feel like I'm in it, I feel like here, now I'm three years, we just got through a year of COVID, and we're seeing all this stuff, and I feel like, wow, God, you got me here and now, and I'm just waiting for him to drop the bomb on me here, like, you know, what is it, so it's, it's awesome, and we are blessed. Oh,
0: that's so great to, to, um, to live your life of faith with your wife and your kids, I think that's uh, that's so great, right? So, now you got married. Uh, I mean, right around college, I guess. John, is yeah. that uh, so? Before yeah. you began your professional career, there's a lot of vices and a lot of temptation for professional athletes. I think we, you know, you see that with uh, any league you look at right now. And, and let's face it, a lot of athletes, unfortunately, they're they're very secular, and um, those temptations, yeah, I mean, they're just around the corner for you. But what was it like for you to be, you know? you're in a sacramental marriage with your wife. You've, you've got children, uh, you're playing professional football. Um, how much did it mean to be in that involved in that sacrament, to have a wife, to have a family, to come back home to, and, and to kind of get over all these, um, these temptations that were on the road or whether that, or even just to be famous, right. To let that get to someone's head too. Um, how important was it for you to be grounded in your family and, and in Christ sacramentally?
1: Yeah. Uh, can't think of a bigger blessing uh they're out there they're out there for anyone but it's like it's expected in that field and 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 that's a whole societal issue it's not just in those fields but um, it it is very easy it would be very easy to go astray um, if you didn't know christ and if you didn't have the sacraments and if you didn't have faith and and I look at my marriage and, and children and it just uh, product, you know, uh, I am blessed. One of the things you asked, uh, you know, what am I doing now? I've recently been involved in prison ministry and, and what I can speak of more than anything in my little experience there is the common denominator is the, the home life that most of those men were raised in, one or no parents how blessed I was to be raised in a fruitful marriage, that sacrifice was a daily thing, that it didn't mean that they always got along. It didn't mean that there wasn't suffering, that there wasn't pain, that there wasn't uh, tough times and all that kind of stuff. But that was the home I was raised in. And that was, you know, fortunate. They had three children. Uh, Me and my brother and sister are happily married with children and practicing the faith. We don't, I don't take a day of that for granted because I know the home I was raised in, and, and it gave me a chance to do that. And I and what I see is a system all around us that is opposes the family, it opposes God at every step of the way, and and so that's a blessing that I, I never took for granted. Uh, did it mean I never had hard times? No. Did I mean I never uh, you know? Thought or wondered or uh seemed like uh <laughs> i don't know if it was if it was a Jesus train or whatever, but uh, oftentimes it seemed like some of my closest buddies at, at times were the ones you know and, and I know God always put me there for a reason and uh I hope it was to be a light to lead uh you know others to to Christ in the journey um to 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 test my faith um But oh my goodness, I can't tell you just the way I was raised, coming out, having children, knowing that I wanted my children to be set apart. So being in a career where it's not just about me and my accolades, but it's about raising my children to to know and love God and to get them to heaven, it set your purpose. It set not only your work, how you went to work and what you did at work, but how you should come home, how that, well, I can't, ent- I gotta be at church. I, I can't go to church in, in a state of, of sin. So it was, it didn't mean that there weren't several times that I was. And I frequented confession, uh, you know, a lot of my life um, because of uh, worldliness. Um, so it's it's been a constant working it out with, Uh, fear and trembling but it was the best greatest blessing i could ever ever put to words that's my uh, that's my number one verse colossians 124
0: thank you colossians 124
1: okay and it's
0: true we we just don't know and that's why we have to stay close to the sacraments you know i'm really glad you mentioned your your dad john and and obviously you got a, a real strong love for him and my dad was was just the exact same way with with myself and our siblings and and even looking at our, our grandparents as well, that, that legacy of faith, I just can't stress that enough. That profound um, metanoia moment that our grandparents had, our parents had, and that they can pass along that faith to us. It's really the greatest gift that we can give our kids. We can give them a lot of uh, worldly goods and, and um, you know, we can take them on great vacations and all that kind of thing and, and have great memories with them. And those are all well and good in themselves, but the most important thing we can do is to take them to church to teach them to have a relationship with jesus christ and uh for you to have that that uh, that example from your father uh i know that that's something i'm aiming for my kids as well to do so that's that's great Uh, i want to talk about your family too and i i always kind of joke we have four kids john you have nine kids which is awesome and we always i always say we're kind of like the tweener family in the catholic church right you know we're in catholic circles four kids is really not that many it's just a medium amount it's (laughs) And then you know in the secular world which uh you know we dip our our uh, our feet into quite often that's like you have four kids like what what's wrong with you right like yeah. but how how important is it for us to be uh, open to life john um and that's a message to catholics as well that sometimes let's face it maybe we're not quite as open to to having more children or to be as as welcoming to children even at at the parish level you know we all see the that we've probably been there. You've been there. I've been there where our kids get a little unruly at mass, but how can we in the church be supportive of children and families in a more profound way?
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's always by our love. It's always by charity. It's always by, you know, not frowning or turning heads at at noise and noise in the church is a good thing, you know? And, and, uh, and so that I, I can say that one, wasn't as much a formation as much as uh, that was unending love in my home. It wasn't. I didn't know anything about the opposition to life. Um, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't something that came up in conversation. So when you get to college and all of a sudden, you know, you're introduced into this, this the world. Uh, it's something I had to learn and, and grow in, um, and got a zeal for very early this this well the culture of death um through just life experiences just having a, a, a huge realization that holy cow that's not even an option to the fire that you know we took it on from that point on we started every uh you know theology of the body type study to understand something I wish I would have known as a child you know I've already a couple of my kids have gone I've given them you know the the kid version of uh you know Christopher West's theology of the body the into the heart these things is I, I wasn't raised with that and when you don't have that understanding and we are so formed in our schools. I remember learning about contraception in the third or fourth grade. That's just so anti-culture anti- or anti-life. So anti-God that we don't even realize. We just, we accepted it somewhere in there between then and the sixties, uh, you know, a parental thing, accepted that as a culture. And I didn't even know it. You just thought it was a norm to when you, learn these things about the openness to life the first commandment of god to why that is it is being open to god who is the giver of life uh to whatever he has in in stake for you and i just remember you know even family um at times you know we we had a daughter first son second to everyone in the world we had the perfect family are you done and for Seven more births. Are you done yet? Are you done yet? And I'm just like, you're, uh, again, yeah, it's, we kind of just finally, you know, would roll our eyes and, and avoid the conversation. But it, um, you hope it's naturally a witness uh, because it's hard to have that conversation as to, yeah, um, well, I and, you know, God didn't give me the uh, the no, and I am still married. And one of the fruits of marriage is uh, getting to know my wife and uh, the fruits of what that might entail. Um, yeah. We're still having, <laughs> might still have some more. <laughs> uh, that's so
0: awesome, John. That's it so has been fruitful.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it easy? No, but I can tell you, I know many parents who had the one and that's not easy. Who had the two it's, and what I tell with three, three are outnumbered. Four, it just gets louder. Anything after that, that's all. And the fruit is they all are this. They all raise each other. Honestly, most days I wonder if my wife and I weren't here, I'm pretty sure they'd go on just like they do. <laughs> they they wouldn't miss a beat.
0: I'll well, use a football term on you, John. I think if you have more than three kids, I think it turns into zone coverage, right? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah for no, sure. that's uh, that's great um yeah so beautiful uh and and being open to life i mean that's the the bulwark of catholicism to me that's the that's the bedrock concrete foundation of our church and um like mother teresa says i think uh, she said that uh saying there's too many children is sick, saying there's too many flowers in the world right
1: and i just think that legacy you know like whatever john chick did with a career or does in his life my joy is in, in as many times as I have to bring the hammer because I want their salvation. The joy of each and every day, knowing that they know that they are loved, the love they have for one another, the interactions they have with, the, with each other, the, the witness that they are in the world, whether they even know it or not, because there are nine of them. Um, that is just joy. It is just joy. It's awesome. suffering. There is suffering, but it's joy.
0: And that's, uh, but that's the walk to salvation, right, John? It's, uh, yeah. you know, there's no no promises of uh, of better roses in every day of your life. There is going to be suffering. There is the cross before we hit Easter Sunday, right? So, yeah, uh, John, I want to ask you about the sacramental life to you. it's It's been a, a obviously a big deal for you. It's been a focus of yours for a long time. But going to regular confession, John, going to receive the Eucharist worthily, what does that mean to you?
1: It was always uh, a zeal, um, you know, early in our relationship, and uh, as as a couple, and, and again, uh, my own walk, I, uh, it's not a Catholic guilt. It is what I knew to be true. If what I confessed was true about the body, blood, soul, and divinity, I knew and still know that In the course of a week, I can very easily find myself unworthy. And then I I know, too, that there is nothing I can do to justify myself. I I get that. I I fully understand that. I'm washed in the blood of Christ. But I also know that though God is not limited to the sacraments, that he gives us this this blueprint, this, this walk in, how I can be closest to him, right? Uh, recently t- had a conversation with a friend Is like, you know, and, and I've had put it put to me this way it's like, we can all go golfing and, and you can walk and I can pull my pull caddy and the next guy can take the cart and the cart's going to get you there quickest and easiest. Okay. Um, and, you know, depending on how many balls you lose and then you're walking, you might not get there at all. Right. And, and it's that, that it's that cart, right? It's that, uh, modes of travel right uh, same I'd rather take the airplane than, uh, than ride the bike you know from here to, to there um, that's my experience of the sacramental life is this is what God gave us because he knows it is a grace for us and that weekly confession I, I just knew that without that kiss from God Without that, that kiss of grace, I am unworthy, right? I uh, I am unworthy that you should enter under my roof. And I can't tell you the joy that I received with every confession. You know, as uh, disgruntled or frustrated, sometimes we might get with our, our clergy or whatever as a whole, oh, my goodness, I wasn't a priest I didn't love in confession. You know, and uh, the grace that, that they can pour out on, on this poor soul is just uh, uh, to make me worthy to receive Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity um, was uh, was awesome. It was uh, it was humbling, uh, which keeps you humble, right? It's it's always humbling to, to go into that uh, booth, to stand in the line, to, to make yourself present. And it was also such a witness, uh, especially... When you're, uh, you know, in a line where people know you as a football player, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, I'm a sinner too. So. Uh, that is
0: a great witness. And, you know, we talk about well, cancel culture, John, and, uh, you know, Jesus canceled the sins for us. We just got to go in humility and take this time, which is a time of mercy, right? It's not a time of justice. Yeah. And, yeah. and we have, uh. We have our sins, but we come with humility and, and contrite heart to confession, and we get those things canceled, and uh, you come out as a new, a new person, a new, and being closer to Jesus. So that's that's so great. Um, yeah, and I, I do, I do want to ask you about cancel culture really quick, because it's coming for guys like us, right, John? Yeah, it's coming for yeah. for people of faith, for men of faith, and uh, it's really uh, hindered, I guess, our our ability to be uh, as outspoken. As, as we'd like to be, and uh, I think it's caused a lot of fear in people in our church to to speak their minds and to share the good news. But just because we're in this time of this this crazy virus where, you know, it seems even in our own ranks, unfortunately, it seems that people are more concerned about clean pews and clean hands than they are about their souls. How important is it right now to to evangelize in this world, John?
1: Oh, that's a long conversation. Uh, <laughs> in our daily prayers, our pope and our bishops and our priests, pray for them. Uh, I know how hard and difficult the job is. Um, we, what we're on the cusp of is a generational time of, we didn't want to step on toes. We didn't want to tell people, right? We we kind of looked the way, right? And, and some people think that's mercy and, and it's and it's really the opposite of when, when I, as your brother, don't tell you that your sin is a sin. I'm not judging you to hell. I, I have no, you know, I, I I haven't been qualified there, but as your brother in Christ, I am to tell you when you're on the path or I can see that you're not. And I don't have a problem with that. I will be canceled and, um, looking forward to being a martyr. Uh, I, I, I see it coming. Um, sometimes maybe too eagerly. Um, but I see that we're on such a spiral effect for such a long time of doing that, that uh, those are the, the pains that are coming, but that's also that, 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 that birth pain, that I, I'm praying that kingdom come, that will be done. Uh, it's a daily thing, and I just, um, you know this illumination conscience, I don't know if you study that, that it, I just, I'm praying for it, because as if I see it right now, we are on a without divine intervention. Now you and I, we can we can do our part to raise our our children, and we hope and pray that each one of us have made ours our home church and are doing this because, sadly, the people that aren't going to have children and are, are, are opposed will uh, sooner or later that. <laughs> and we'll be persecuted along in that time, but we just keep raising and and, and doing right and trusting in the Lord. Uh, There is a a wonderful reign of peace that is coming that uh, I get so anxious about as I look forward to it for my my children or their children. Um, But I count myself very blessed to be living in this time. Um, I kept myself very blessed to be having conversations with my children that we just haven't had enough of in in my lifetime. And to let them know every day that I hope you're prepared, that suffering is part of this life. And it might come for us. And, uh, you know, fortunately, they've experienced the loss of of, uh, some family. So they, they know some pain. Um, But we try to give them teachable lessons, not doom and gloom, just teachable realities that that is the life of the Christian, you know, is to be set apart. We don't, we're not poor me, we're not looking for suffering, Um, but uh, I do believe, this is one of my main teachers: is we ain't living for comfort. And and as Catholics, the comfort culture is what needs to be canceled.
0: <laughs> wow. That's outstanding. John, you're right. We could probably talk for a long yes. time on this. I would like to say, i have got to tackle you and bring you back on the show. That wouldn't go very well for me. So uh, I'm just going to cordially ask you to come back another time if you don't mind. But uh, yes. before we, before we let you go, John, thanks for all your insights. It's uh, outstanding. Tell us a little bit about your Ministry, how people can get a hold of you. You've got a YouTube channel. You're on Facebook as well, and yes. just how to uh, combine the both the the physical health of men and and, uh, and women, but also that spiritual health as well.
1: Yes, it was always a big part of my life. The fruitful suffering. I first heard that term. I think through Jeff Cavan's study on uh, the Bible timeline. Um, I've watched my wife give birth multiple times, and the pains and and so i that lesson has been nailed hard. And like I said, we, we talked about the blessing that I came from. Um, still had my own walk in suffering, but what I have witnessed from so many teammates and in, in ministry and in, in service, the suffering of a lot of, a, of a lot of people, people is. Cause somewhere along the line, they didn't get that. It was, through the cross, it's like what we're preparing for here in Easter, right? It is always through the cross, the daily cross, that brings me into the resurrection. And so that is my ministry is to help bring that to, to others. And, uh, you know, strength, conditioning, fitness uh, was a, a part of that, but there's a whole mind, body, and spirit part of that is, you know, I if I can pray, and I can, and I have merit and value, we're told in the Catechism of the Catholic Church that singing is a prayer times two, because it's it's returning the gift God given has given you, and you're glorifying Him with that gift. Well, okay, He gave me the ability to work, right? Uh, by the by, the work of your brow, thorns and thistles, uh, it will bring for you. But you will do this out of the love. Of your bride, our bride, in our societies, we have. We've been taught a different way, uh, culturally, uh, a, the easiest way, cheapest way, or uh, maybe I can spend it away or whatever it is. We're, we're always looking for that quick fix. And what Christ wants to teach us is it's not about a quick fix. It's about the cross and whatever that is for you. My cross, your cross, all of your crosses is going to be different. It's always united to his cross. Um, so uh, becomeironwilled.com is, uh, is where you can find me. Uh, And then I'm on social uh, media as become Iron Will or Iron Will different platforms. I have uh, since cancer culture uh, has really ramped up. I decided I've, I've really backed up from social media for, for a moment because I didn't figure I had any nice words to say a lot of the time. So better to just stay out of it for, for right now. And, until it cools down uh excited to get back in it when when uh, i'm called there um but that is it is it's, it's uh, helping bring to fathers uh what i was so blessed to be raised in what i hope i'm giving to my children um how i i watched him work by the sweat of his brow to provide for his bride and his children and those that he served uh and I try to be this example to my children. Um, I do get to work with athletes, a lot of young athletes still. Uh, so that's awesome. Keep my, my hand in football. 2020 was very hard because uh, I desperately had been seeking ministry and was uh, prevented from because of lockdowns and that. But uh, I've recently gotten back into some prison ministry. And you, f- you feel every time like you're scoring bigger than they are, you know. And, and, uh, and once you – you realize that walk and, and that's again how I was raised is you just you starve for it you know and, and so uh, that's it man Uh trying to confuse uh, people with a mindset uh, this this active prayer lifestyle of yeah I don't have to give up you know I don't have to fast I don't have to give up X, Y, and Z I get to give up a lesser good to be more open to receive the greater good. And so whether that's with exercise, whether that's with my nutrition, uh, my prayer habits, I go to bed early so I can get up early, so I can have more time with God, so I can have more time to work out, so that I can be more fruitful in my time with my children. Uh, That's what uh, I try to live by, that's what I try to teach.
0: John, that's outstanding, man. Thanks so much for for your insights. Uh, thanks for being an example to to us in the church, and thanks for laboring in the vineyard. It's uh, great chatting with you, and I hope we can catch up with you again very soon.
1: Yes, I know I talk a lot, man, so I, I appreciate your time. Thanks for getting me on here, and, uh, man, awesome ministry. God bless you, and uh, keep keep strong. Yeah, I hope, uh, hope we do this again, and always happy, happy to uh, be here with you, man. So God bless you.
0: Another big thanks to John Chick for joining us on this episode of the podcast. And I love that little quip he had at the end there where he said, it's time to cancel the comfort culture. And that's kind of where we're at, I think, as Catholics and as people of goodwill. You know, we're, we're in this, this age of foolishness in this world of deception. And, and I like to refer to the quote that's often attributed to Pope Benedict, where he said, you were not made for comfort, you were made for greatness. And there's no doubt that we've got to embrace the cross if we want to be great, if we want to have that spirit of magnanimity, that desire for heavenly things, that desire for virtue. And uh, I really like that uh, that particular quote from John. And it's so cool. John Check was, uh, was one of the greatest Canadian Football League players in history. And maybe a lot of people from outside of Canada don't know that, but he was an outstanding player. And it's just so great to see his commitment to, uh, to the Lord and to this family now and his example not only of being physically fit but also spiritually fit so having that complete package and uh, John has uh, definitely been a great proponent of that and it's great to have him as a brother in Christ. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Connect podcast everyone and joining us for this particular episode with John Chick. I always appreciate your feedback and your comments and uh, making this journey of faith together with you has been such a a blessing so thanks again everyone for listening we're on twitter we're on facebook drop me a line anytime love hearing from you and a reminder to catholics you know what if we want to burn with a love for christ and be an example a true example of leadership in this world and a virtue in this world you have got to go to confession often that's at least three times every year every advent every lent any time you're in a state of mortal sin don't even spend a second of your life there Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. We'll chat with you very soon.